What's up, y'all? It's B. Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Something shocking happened last night. But before we even get into that, please follow me, B. Dangerous, on Instagram and Twitter at the B. Dangerous. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, and the podcast on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. <sighs> so, last night... I watched another episode of SmackDown, which I believe is the one of the last episodes right before the fucking Royal Rumble next week. Okay, no problem. I ended up falling asleep. And I seem to have forgotten that the Lakers were playing the Grizzlies. And I had briefly spoken about this game earlier this week. And I expected the Lakers, Lakers to do what they always do when they face a big team. Piss the bed and lose. But something ungodly happened. Something that they've been struggling with the entire damn season. They actually won this game. Versus a very fucking healthy and a very well hyped up Memphis Grizzlies team with Job ja Morant on it. And Dennis Schroeder closed the game out with a steal. To take this game. And they finally do, do something they have failed to do versus Dallas and the Kings and the fucking Celtics and whatever good team that they play against. They come back and they win. However, that is not the story. Oh, also, <laughs> the Grizzlies had an 11 game win streak going. Now, Lakers ended up snapping that. So that shocked people enough. But that's not what everybody's talking about. Everyone is talking about LaShannon getting into a fucking altercation with John Morant's father. And that took them out of his game. And that's what caused the loss. And pretty much what the altercation was about was Shannon saying that Dylan Brooks was too small to guard Lahim. Apparently, Josh's father told him, said, fuck you. Shannon said, fuck you back. Then all this other commotion started happening and shit. And Shannon's saying they didn't want no problems and all this other bullshit. It's like, listen, do you think that I give a fuck about your feelings when it comes to him? Because that's what this is about. It's not about the Lakers winning this game and snapping a streak. That was big for their team morale. And they fucking needed that. Because their issues with closing closing out close games has been a problem this season. A game can go to overtime. They'll still find a fucking way to lose. But your concern is who the fuck is too small to guard LeBron? And you are ready to fight to the death for the honor of your man. I am not the person that you would want to talk to about him because I granted I don't give a fuck about anything other than what he does off the court. Okay, that's no that's all good, no problem. However, do I really give a fuck about who's too small to guard him? Do your fucking job. If it's a mismatch, take advantage of it. If you're the king and ruler of all things that are good and that are good and positive, do what the fuck you have to do. Take advantage of the mismatch and do what the fuck that you do.
But this is a prime example of a let's let's see what can we call them? Oh, we're just gonna call them Lehovah Witness, the head Lehovah Witness, saying that a dude is too small to guard him and couldn't imagine guarding him. So when someone gives you smoke, you want to blow it right back when it comes to him. And I I honestly don't care about that because he's going to talk about this on Undisputed. It's going to be a fucking big thing and a beef between him and the Memphis Grizzlies now. Like Shannon doesn't have enough fucking issues on Undisputed as it is with Skip. You know what I'm saying? Like he has enough damn problems. Then with all this shit going on, it's like, dude, it's just a fucking mess. But... The fact still remains, altercation or no altercation, the Lakers did something that nobody thought was possible. They snapped one of the best teams in the league's winning streak. And anybody else that would have had told us to be like, oh, well, don't give excuses to why you lost and this and this and that. I'm going to apply the same thing here. Yes, I get that Ja was rightfully concerned about his father's safety. Any kid would be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. However, if you want to sit up there and tell me to take the L's that I get, well, Memphis, enjoy those 11 games because you got an L last night, so you could enjoy that and suck on that and be mad all the fuck you want to. And that's all I have to say about that because... They can struggle against teams like the King. You can be the worst damn team out of all L.A. NBA teams. But when good things happen, you damn right I'm going to be proud and talk about it. Because that's what a fucking fan does. Everybody is used to me going in about them, losing this, that, whatever, whatever. But I got every reason to be proud of my team, just like anybody else would. So, that's that on that. Also, you got to talk some NFL. The Cowboys versus the Bucks. I watched a little bit of that game, then I ended up passing out because I was fucking tired. But anyway, the Cowboys did the absolute ungodly. Another ungodly thing. They beat the mighty Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they have moved on to the next round to face the 49ers. And that's going to be tomorrow at 6. I got to watch that game as well. And honestly, I was hoping that Dallas won this game because so many people were hoping that Dallas was going to lose. And anti-Cowboys fans were salivating at the thought of posting more elimination pictures and elimination memes. And one of my best good girlfriends, Karina, is a Cowboys fan. And she was the first person that I thought about after they won that game. So I'm glad the Cowboys won because, honestly, it's no secret that I don't give a fuck about Tom Brady. Okay, you lost. Now go retire for real. Because as a pro, this has been his absolute worst season. He's lost more games than a little bit. Has been struggling more than a little bit. And that just shows you that Father Time is undefeated. So... This would be the time for you to retire. 
and finally be with your kids that you love so very much. Gazelle is out living her best life. And your kids are growing up before your eyes. If there's any if there's any time to retire, it's now. Because you don't want to miss out on the most important years of their lives. Like you missed enough because obviously you've been the Tom Brady for X amount of years. Now is the time to be around for them. Be their father. Because there is more to life than football. Obviously. But what do I know? I don't I highly doubt that he's gonna come back for another year, but if he does decide to do that. It's whatever. I don't really give a fuck about Tom Brady for real, for real. Also, the Eagles are playing the Giants tonight. And I have to watch that game as well. It's starting to get tight and down to the wire now. Because the Giants have, have just shocked the hell out of me this season. They've been doing a damn good se- they've been doing a damn good job this season. And I'm a lot of I'm friends with a lot of Giants fans as well. And I'm happy that Saquon Barkley is able to contribute. Because he was one of those players that I always liked. Now, of course, I think he's attractive. He was one of those players that could that could be a game changer for the Giants if he just stayed healthy. And he's definitely been doing that this season. Keep it up. Like I don't know what's going to happen between them and the Eagles tonight, but it's always a win and win or go home situation here. Especially after you get to the wild card games and you're actually in the divisional playoffs and stuff like that. So. I want to see who's going to win. I'm not even going to make any predictions because it could go fucking either way. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts could come back and they could win. Or Daniel Jones could do the impossible and lead the Giants to another game. So, hey, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Let's see. What else do we have to talk about? Oh, little bit of sad news in the wrestling world. We're going to talk some wrestling. Jay Briscoe passed away from a car accident at the age of 38. Now, he was a Ring of Honor legend. Him and his brother. One of the best tag, arguably one of the best tag teams in wrestling history. He was one of those guys I don't think ever went to WWE. Please correct me if I'm wrong because I would have remembered if he was there or not. But anyway... It's always devastating when a wrestler loses his life tragically like this. In any situation, like, usually when a wrestler passes away so young, the media always talks to to steroids, drug abuse, and all that other rigmarole. But this he couldn't control. Like, this man had a family. I I think his wife just gave birth to another child. And the wrestling community is absolutely devastated, with good reason. And how I always judge someone is how they treat other people. And I haven't heard anything but good things about Jay Briscoe. So he must have been a really genuinely good man. And of course, it's always sad when anybody dies young. Because especially if they have so much more to live for and a hell of a lot more life to live. Because a lot of my favorite wrestlers are now passed away. And they were still in their prime. And this guy, like, he got a chance to live his dream of being a professional wrestler. And not too many people can say that at the end of their lives. So, Jay Briscoe, rest in peace, love and prayers to his family, his new child, all that other good stuff. 
And you guys are definitely in my heart. Also, we have to talk WWE a little bit. So, in the midst of Vince coming back and shitting on damn near everything and trying to take back control of the company, Devon, another guy who was a backstage figure, decides to leave WWE. And it's like, you're losing perfectly good employees. Because Vince can't sit his ass down. And I know that over time, this is really going to hurt WWE. Because if you have lead people leaving their jobs because Vince is coming back and trying to micromanage every little thing, it's going to cause a drop in morale backstage and against personnel. And it's enough that Stephanie just left last week. And every time I even see WWE news, I just roll my eyes and or my ass starts to itch. I even listen. I even tried to watch my McMahon DVD, but I'm like, you know what? I can't even do it. I can't do it because every time I see Vince now, I just get utterly sick and pissed off. I really fucking do. Because granted, for every good thing that Vince has ever done for the company and everything that we love him for, at the end of the day, he still has so much blood on his hands from so many situations that he caused. And while I love Vince McMahon for creating the WWE and for giving us wrestling fans the greatest moments of our lives... At the core of everything, I truly believe, I truly believe that Vince McMahon is not a good person at heart. He really isn't. And another Vince thing, just yesterday, he just settled another lawsuit because apparently back in 1986 or 7, he sexually assaulted one of his female referees. And he just settled out of court with that. Now, to me, if you have to settle out of court or pay someone money or pay someone off, that means that you are guilty of whatever you are accused of. Because if you were innocent, you don't have to pay nobody no hush money. If you are innocent, bribing people, wouldn't even enter your mind because you know in your heart that you're innocent. So even ugh, even with you just coming back, you want to try to mop up all the fucking mess from all these sexual assault allegations that were that came out and try to reclaim your quote-unquote spot. And honestly, Vince McMahon has the old mentality of wrestlers that were still holding on to their spots when certain promotions were on the rise. Like, I was literally just watching the East History of ECW DVD the other day. And everything that Paul Heyman was describing about how the old wrestlers from the old times were to still hold on to their spots of being the top guy. And they wanted, wanted ECW, who was Eastern Championship Wrestling at the time, to hold on to the 
a WNBA, the um, NWA belt, after the company had pretty much fallen on his ass, I believe seven years ago. So when ECW came and ushered in a new era, that fucked up a lot of old the old heads. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody in WCW hated ECW. Like ECW didn't have any problems with WWE because they did they did business with them before. But WCW I could see why Paul Heyman didn't like that because he was around in the Bill Watts era. If you don't know who Bill Watts is, he was quote unquote running WCW before Eric Bischoff completely took over. And dude was a dick. Like I've seen Bill Watts interviews here and there, and I could already tell, like, I couldn't work for I could not work for somebody like that. Like he screwed over a lot of people and a lot of talent. Like Stone Cold's T Austin. Oh God, Brian Pillman. Um, I think Mick had some problems there. Like it was just a lot. It was a lot. But Vince has that mentality. He wants things his way or the highway, and he doesn't want the new generation or this era of wrestlers in his company that he created to really su- succeed. Because all the time that he fired because he was paying off all these hoes from the sexual assault allegations are rehired. And I know that he doesn't like that. But Bray Wyatt is shining like he should be. The guy has a wrestling IQ that's out of this world. He can really make you believe that he's fucking crazy. And the Firefly Firefly Funhouse... I think that's what happens when he starts to smoke weed. Because I'm like, dude, you have to do some type of weed or drugs or something to come up with this shit. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, I'm just sick. Absolutely fucking sick of Vince McMahon at this rate. Because it's just a damn mess. Like, the company is still flourishing now. Because the Royal Rumble is coming up. And they're still... Tighten it up, loose ends to do this, do that, get ready for this match, that match, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything is still being prepared for the Royal Rumble. But, uh, WrestleMania is coming up, I believe in April. So, I don't know what's going to happen by then, but I just know that Vince is going to try more fuck shit. To try to make, to try to get complete control. And Triple H better not... Triple H better not waver from anything that he has been doing. Because everything that he's done has benefited the company in a positive way. I could see if Hunter wasn't really doing his job the right way and think that his moves weren't really coming to fruition the way that he would have wanted to. But he's been succeeding. He's been fucking killing it, man. Let Hunter do his thing. And sit your ass back, Vince, because... Your version of creative control is nothing but fucking trash. You will hype up Austin Theory like hell, put him to the top, and push certain wrestlers that nobody fucking likes. But the wrestlers that are doing well for themselves, and the fans do get behind, those are the ones you fired because of stupid-ass reasons because you don't like them. Like, it's just politics. It's just stupid-ass politics, and Vince spearheads all of that. 
And, like, I'm just sick of Vince. Overall, for real, for real. And the Royal Rumble is coming up. Just like I said, it's going to be on next Saturday, I believe. And I know I'm going to be in the house for that. Who do I think is going to win the Royal Rumble? I'm not the type to really do Royal Rumble predictions. Because the only time I ever did that, I believe, was in 2017. And I really couldn't think of anybody that was going to win the Men's Royal Rumble. So I just picked out of my ass. I'm like, uh, Randy. I see Randy winning. If he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And to my absolute shock, Randy ended up winning. Randy won that year's Royal Rumble. And I was shocked about that. But this year, I don't really know. I don't know for real, for real. So in the Women's Royal Rumble... Um, it's a lot of ladies that are coming up in the business now, and most of them are fine, fine as fuck, like that Raquel Rodriguez chick, mm, she is absolutely fine as hell, but I don't see her winning the Women's Royal Rumble, oh god, I'm trying to think here, who do I see winning the Royal Rumble that is not Bianca? I don't know. I can't give you an answer here. So I'm, I apologize. I apologize because I can't give you no definite answer of who's going to win, who's going to do that, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to watch and then give you guys the end results of what's going to happen. Because I know that Roman and KO are going to be fighting. They're having a tag team tournament right now to see who's going to be the undisputed tag champions. But I will predict this. This is something that I think is going to happen. As much as I love the Usos and as much as I love Roman, they have held those belts, had a vice grip on them belts for a little over three years now. And I think they might have them drop the belts. Kevin Owens, maybe? Possibly. Because just last night, there was supposed to be a contract signing for that match. And before Roman could even sign it, Bray Wyatt came through, whooped everybody's asses, Usos put Roman through a table, runs into the crowd, signs the contract, and that's that. So there's going to be some momentum coming into this match. So I think KO might take it. I don't know yet, but we'll just have to wait and see. Now, the tag belts, mm, honestly, the Street Profits should win. Like, if, if they were in this tournament, they, that would make things so much better because we know black tag team champions are few and far in between. And that would be really cool if they did get, in, get into the tournament and they did win that match. But... We'll just have to wait and see. Like, I don't know what's going through Hunter's head. And they just might have that happen because they've held them for so long. That's the only reason why I think they're going to lose for real, for real. But I can't wait until the Royal Rumble. This is the most I've been into wrestling in a long-ass time. And I've been wanting to get back into it for years. But with how Vince runs creative, that's what made me not want to watch it. Then when Vince left... That's when I started to peek my head back in more consistently than I used to. Now that things are in Hunter's control, this is why I'm watching. 
Because it's definitely time to play the game now. Play the game, win the game, be the game. That's all I want. Let's see. What else we got to talk about? Oh, one more wrestling news. The Rock was supposed to be at WrestleMania. But he says he's not in ring shape. I've loved The Rock forever. Like, literally since childhood. Like, me and my quote-unquote wife would call each other during Raw and SmackDown every week just to look at The Rock's ass. So, believe you me, I'm a big-ass Rock fan. Plus, he was born two days before me. So, fellow Taurus, love him. People are saying that he isn't in ring shape. And I'm like, "Eh, listen, I've watched his body for years. Literally, I've watched his body for years. So why he might be chiseled in every crevices of his body. Getting into ring shape is a little different than just being muscular. Because you got to prepare yourself for bumps, get your moves right, make sure you do everything correctly to make sure the person that you're wrestling is protected. So I understand that. But I really want to see him and Roman go at it. Because that's a big moment in the NYE family alone. Because both of them are cousins. So to see them wrestle would be fucking cool. It would be fucking awesome to see this. But Rock said he won't be at WrestleMania because he's not in ring shape. I mean, I guess I can be okay with that. But still, Raw XXX is coming up. The 30th anniversary of Raw. And I gotta watch that as well. And he's supposed to be there then. So if you do some wrestling moves there, you better rock bottom somebody through a table because my expectations are high for shows like that. And I'm like, look, if you're not in quote unquote ring shape, it shouldn't take you no time to get ready. Because once because I think wrestling is like riding a bike. Once you get the feel for it again, after you've been doing it for so long, you never truly forget. But hey. I could be wrong. And, and, and one last thing that I wanted to talk about. Earlier this week, I seen Magic Johnson was on Stephen Jackson's podcast. And Stephen Jackson had asked him about the Mike and Isaiah beef. Now, since he is best friends with both Michael and Isaiah, he's saying that he doesn't like it. Because it kind of puts him in a little bit of a middle point. You know what I mean? Because he can have a separate relationship with both guys. But those two can't stand each other. And Magic said that he would have to be the mediator to bring them back together. Magic? I'm going to tell you this from a, from a standpoint. Like I'm just an observer on the outside looking in. But it's obvious to everybody that Isaiah has always been the more bitter one out of the two. Michael is running his team. And he's only talked about Isaiah publicly less than a handful of times. Isaiah is the one who can't shut the fuck up about Michael. Isaiah is the one who is still mad that Michael took his city over. And I'm going to keep saying this because nobody seems to get it. It has been clear that Isaiah has been bitter about Michael for over 30 years now. 
And even if you did try to bring them back together, you would have to talk to Isaiah first. Because he's the one who can't stop talking about how Michael should apologize to him about calling him an asshole in the last dance. And that's been over three years ago now. Like, listen, (laughs) Michael is the type of person that if you call him an asshole, okay, fine. I'll own that because Michael doesn't give an iota of fucks what you think about him. As long as you respect him, that's all that matters. But if you're going to keep bringing up 30-year-old bullshit about this, that, and the third, the problem obviously is not with Michael. You have to talk to your best friend first. And this is also the same man who has shady shit to say about you when you contracted HIV. So what are we really talking about here? Like, what are we really, really talking about here? Because you can't sit up here and tell me that Isaiah is not bitter. When asked about Michael Jordan, it's always something negative. It's never anything positive. But you say that anybody is better than Michael Jordan. You'll say that he is better than Michael Jordan. Hell, I don't even think I've said anything, seen seen him say anything positive about Kobe like that. But you would put somebody who is light years behind Jordan. Stats be damned. (laughs) and literally everything that he says about anybody that he doesn't like is always negative but you expect everybody to kiss your ass and you've had a prolific career you're a two-time champion your skills have been unmatched you're still one of the absolute best point guards to ever play in the NBA when you really secure in your legacy You are not worried about tearing down the next player. And that's always been Isaiah's problem. And he's always been a bitter asshole, even when he was a fucking player. So listen, Magic, if you are going to become the mediator in all this shit, start with having a heart-to-heart talk with your best friend. Because that's where the bitterness and beef is. It's not with Michael. Michael tells his side of the story and he's and it's never changed in 30 years. <sighs> Isaiah, however, you just won't shut the fuck up. About what what the last dance said, you want a public apology. Hell, Scottie Pippen didn't even say anything about that. He usually talks about everything. But that's another story for another fucking day. Magic, talk to your friend. Michael doesn't give a fuck about that, and that's that. And this has been the longest show I've done in a long time. It just reached 31 minutes, and if you lasted this long, you definitely a real one. I'm going to get my ass out of here and get my ass ready for the game a little bit later on, but if you are a true fan, please follow me, Be Dangerous, on Instagram and Twitter at the Be Dangerous. Also, again, follow Dangerous Sports Talk the Facebook page, and the podcast on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. And on that note, I am out of here. Peace.